You're listening to the Be Well, Be Wild podcast. I'm Jenny Wolf, and with over 13 years of coaching experience, I know a thing or two about transforming the way you live, love, and lead. If you're looking to wildly upgrade your life, relationships, productivity, mental, physical, spiritual well-being, then you're in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to show you how to authentically leverage greater well-being, connection, and leadership to create true joy and lasting success at home and work. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, skills, and mindset shifts required to say bye to the status quo life and hello to being well and wildly successful. Let's get this party started. I am really excited about this because I have struggled with something for a while and I am someone that does not like traditional methods when it comes to things. And I've just realized that they do not work sometimes and we try to do them anyway. And so what I'm going to do today is share with you some non-traditional things to do to begin to feel worthy of the life that you are creating for yourself. And what we're really going to look at is identifying the difference between the energy when you're making a decision from ego or from survival mechanism or from this like little you versus when you're making a decision and the energy around, you know, making a decision from a higher self or from the truth of who you are. Um, or maybe some people will call it your intuition or the evolved adult. Um, and I think that this is so, so important because like, this is something that you can tap into and tune in every single day. And then in regardless of the day, right, regardless if you're feeling bad or good, or like, you know, you're in a bad mood or you're a good, or you're in a good mood. And I read this quote, which, which really stood out to me. It was creating what we want is about feeling worthy of the life we are creating, no matter if it's a good or bad day or we're in a good or a bad mood. So creating what you want is about feeling worthy of the life that you are creating, no matter how you're feeling that day. And I think like this helps so much because it releases this like pressure that we have on ourselves that it has to be like good vibes only. Like every single day I have to be like having amazing energy to create this life that I want. And it's just like not true. <laughs> um, and in fact, some people call that toxic positivity, right? Cause it's like, we're all human here and we are going to have a bad day. We are going to be in a bad mood sometimes. However, it doesn't have to mean that we're not going to create what we want or that we're not worthy of the life that we want. And so I think what this really comes down to is just understanding where, like, where is my energy right now? And then being mindful of what we're doing when we're in that energy. So, and then also you can, you can cultivate certain things. Like you can tap in, tune into your higher self and make decisions from there and get amazing answers right? Like you do this without even noticing it, but when you start to actually notice, then you have facility over it, which essentially means that you have the ability to call it forward and to act on it, right? So then you're able to like do this like on command, right? Okay. So let's just think about this. I want you to think about when you are in the energy of your ego, what does it, what does it feel like? 
are you really calm and collected and, you know, feel grounded? Probably not, right? For me, there's it's pretty dramatic, right? It's, there's a lot of rationale, like it's, it's going back and forth. And this is the thing that's really interesting about the ego is like, you will go back and forth. Like this is why people are like, Oh, let me come up with a pros and cons list. It's like, no, no, no. That's totally from your ego. (laughs) Um, like, let me in a fight with my partner. Maybe we should, maybe we're, maybe we aren't made for each other. Let me come up with the pros list and the cons list. It's like, you think about how silly that sounds. Well, it sounds silly for a relationship, but it's honestly silly to do it everywhere. (laughs) Like it's just a very logistical way of operating, which logistics can be important. But a lot of the times what we're talking about, these bigger decisions that have that end up, we have to think about how do we want to create our life? What do we really want in our life? And if we're operating based on logic or what other people think or what sounds good or the right decision, then we are neglecting our connection to ourself and to our higher self, I should say. Okay. So energy of the ego, frantic, dramatic, chaotic, panicky, that sort of thing. So we're going to use an example to identify this. Let's say, you know, you decide that you are going to quit your job and it's months in the making, maybe years in the making, right? You started a side hustle, you've built it up and it's at that tipping point where you're like, all right, it is time. I am quitting this corporate position and I am moving full-time into this business that I've built. And the energy of that decision has been pretty clear. It's been pretty neutral, collected. You might be a little nervous around it, right? But like, You can just tell like, this is what you want to be doing. Well, often what will happen is as it gets closer to the day that you actually need to leave or you need to communicate with your boss that you are leaving or you write the email or maybe it's your last day, right? That there will be this energy of drama, chaotic, panicky, or panicky, frantic, right? Because you're all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing it. I'm about to take the leap right? I'm doing the thing. And the energy will go into overdrive in those moments, even though you know that it's your truth and that's what you want to do because your ego is trying to protect you. And that's really the ego's job is it is literally, that's why we also call it survival mechanism because it is literally just trying to keep you alive. And the problem is, is that more often than not, it is it's like over-operating, right? It's like an overachiever of protection. <laughs> it's like, you don't need it. You don't need it in those moments. It's like, this is not a life or die that situation. Um, but because we have had something that have ha- has happened in the past, it thinks that it's doing its job. So, so what we can see in this scenario is that there is a fundamental difference in terms of the energy of the ego and the higher self. The thing with the higher self is that there is usually no emotional charge behind the message that you might receive. And I know that that sounds like maybe a little woo-woo-y in terms of the message that you receive, but this is what I want you to think about. Like you maybe every so often, like just in your gut, you're like, you know what I really want is to leave my job. Like I really see myself doing that. And often what will happen is the ego will come in and be like, no, right? But before the ego comes in, there's no emotional charge. It's like cool, calm, collected. It's just like there. It's just like, it's pretty like a quiet voice. 
Um, maybe that you probably don't literally hear, you might, but I've heard people report that before, but like, you might just get this feeling. It might be something that you see. You might, you know, visualize yourself, um, in this like big, beautiful white kitchen and you can just see yourself there and experience it. And it's like, there's, there's just like, that's what you see for yourself. And like, that's what you want. Right. And it's like, you might say that like often people, when they report things that are coming, these messages that come from higher self, it's like, I don't really know why, but I just feel like I need to do this. Or this just feels right to me. And and there might not be logic behind it, but it's pretty clear in our body. And those messages that I'm talking about are things that can actually, you can, you can create them for yourself. And what I mean by that, it's just, it's about tuning in. It's about tapping in. It's like, they're always there. You are always your higher self is always there giving you these messages. It's just a matter of, are you tuning in and tapping into it or are you not? Are you operating in the frantic, dramatic, chaotic energy of the ego, which is obviously a lot more entertaining and hell, like we like to be entertained. (laughs) So it makes sense why, you know, we go there because it, it is actually more familiar. And this is the thing is that the ego, like I was talking about it, it, just wants us to survive. Basically what its job is, is to keep us in our comfort zone, regardless of how painful or uncomfortable it is. And that's the thing that's kind of messed up with it, right? It's like it wants predictable, familiar, because that is comfortable, even if it's painful, even if pain is predictable and familiar, the ego wants it to be there because it's comfortable, right? And so that's just something to know. And I think that when we understand that, we're like, oh yeah, yeah. Like it knows this. So of course it wants to stay there. So what I want to actually give you guys today is like, now that we understand this energy of both of these things is what are some non-traditional things that we, intentional things that we can do, actions, thoughts that we can have that will help us actually shift into this energy and have it not be less, it would be less likely that we go into ego. Um, and I think that often what happens traditionally, people give advice around this and automatically our ego goes into overdrive because people are like, think big picture. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, I can't because your ego doesn't even like let you go there. And so that's why we're going to look at non-traditional ways, because I think that we have to kind of dip our toe in and start to experience this and start to develop trust and connection with our higher self and see like, oh, okay, this works. Like, this is okay. Like, this is safe. And that's the thing is like the energy of our higher self, like it really, like those messages only really come up when we feel safe in our body. Um, And so other things that you can do are, you know, doing things that like when you're in those moments where you feel really good and you're feeling like, okay, like I feel really expansive. Those are perfect moments for you to start to see what is coming up for you. See what these messages are. So it's really about tuning in and tapping in. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive into these intentional things to do. So number one is look short-term. So everybody always says like, look long-term, look five years out, 10 years out. And I think sometimes it's helpful for us to just tone it down a little bit and be like, okay, cool. Like, what do I just like desire 
in terms of this life that I really want? What do I just want? And maybe like the next week, (laughs) the next two weeks, the next month, right? So look short term. And I think that that can kind of take off this, this pressure. That's really just something that we create in our own minds, but like it can take off this pressure that you have to have it like figured out. And like, you're basically just practicing this muscle of dreaming without having your ego be driving the dream. Okay. Um, and I love this visual of just you thinking about this, like a little side note is if you're in the car, most of the time, what happens is people are, their ego is driving the car. They're in the driver's seat. And our higher self is always there, but we're just not tuning in and tapping into it. So imagine the higher self being in the passenger seat or maybe even in the back seat or, Hey, I don't know, girl, maybe your, your higher self is in the trunk. I don't know what you've done. Right. Um, but I think mine has been in the trunk before. So, Hey girl, it's, it's okay. But (laughs) my whole point being is we often are like, Oh, my ego and we demonize it. Well, Hey, that is not the way to tame the ego. We don't kill it, right? We actually want to just invite it to be like, hey, look, I'm going to put you in the passenger seat and I, the higher self, the evolved adult, the one that knows what the hell's going on (laughs) and has a mission and a dream to fulfill is in the driver's seat. It's like, hey, I got this. You over there, everything's going to be okay. Just like you would talk to a little kid having a tantrum. That's basically what the ego is doing. Sometimes I imagine it being this monkey with symbols, like clinging the symbols, right? It's like, you're just trying to be like, hey, how would you talk to a kid having a tantrum? Maybe you would talk to them, maybe you wouldn't. (laughs) But, you know, you would be compassionate and you would be kind and you would be clear. And you would say, hey, look, like I got this. Like, I don't want someone like with that behavior driving the car. Like that's not what I'm committed to in my life, right? So the ego goes into the passenger seat, you're in the driver's seat and you're like, hey, I got this. And thank you. Like, thank you for letting me know. I know you're just trying to protect me, which is what the ego is trying to do. I know you're just trying to keep this thing, this stuff comfortable, but that's not how I want this to go anymore. So just side tangent visual for you, imagining that we're actually trying to partner with the ego instead of trying to kill it. Okay. Cause it is, it's part of us. It's important. We need it. <laughs> um, all right. So number one is look short term and number two is play small. <laughs> so what I mean by this really is play a winnable game. Um, everybody's telling you play big, like go big, go big or go home, you know? Well, I think when we're starting this process again, that playing small, playing a winnable game can start to really create trust with yourself. So what I mean by that is like, you might be like, what is something that I can do that would move me closer to this goal? That is like really simple. Like, even if it's just 1% closer, that's a lot, but it's like, what would be my 1% today? And I might be like, you know what? I'm going to go on a walk because like, that's me moving. That's not me running, but I'm walking. Right. Or maybe it's, I'm going to reach out to, you know, five different people and ask them if, you know, they'll come on to the podcast, but like whatever it is, I want you to be thinking about what is something that I can do. That's like a winnable game for me instead of reaching for the stars and the moon, which there's definitely a time and a place for that, which I'm all about. But I think that sometimes we put all this pressure to just go too big. And then we, we just always feel like we're losing. All right. So number three, ask what's the worst that can happen. 
So like, let's say you're thinking about writing a book and putting it out and you're like, all right, what's the worst that it can happen if I actually write this thing and maybe you already wrote it, but now you're going to like publish it. What's the worst that can happen? Um, you know, people don't buy it. Okay. Well, what's, is, is that really that bad? I mean, I don't know. Like what is actually your commitment in that, in that pursuit? And I mean, we can even look at something small, but it's like, no, like normally everything you're going to be able to figure out. It's like, cool. Like I published the book and the first day, no one bought it. Oh my gosh. It's like, no, you can still promote it. And maybe people start buying it. Right. But it's like, you know, we always worry about like, okay, well, the first day's crickets. It's like, we all have to start somewhere and you know that everyone has started somewhere. And I think sometimes us looking at like, actually, what is the worst that can happen? You start to realize, okay, like that's really not that big of a deal. And there's still action that I can take after that. And that's the main thing is like, there's still action that you can take. Even if the worst thing happens, it is not set in stone. It's like, cool you had a really big launch for something or you didn't hit your, you know, sorry, you had a big launch for something and you, you, you know, bombed, you got one person into this big launch that you were predicting to get a hundred or something. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Well, maybe you spent a lot of money, but you know what I can do is like, maybe I can extend the date out. What are some other things? It's like, you know, that you have dealt with worse things in your life and you have figured it out. So, nothing moving forward is different. And I think that asking ourselves this question, not all the time, but just like sometimes in the beginning when we're getting started can really support us and just being like, oh yeah, like that's really not that big of a deal. Like I can figure it out. And the main point of this question is to just shine light on the fear because when we haven't shot, like when we haven't shined the light on the fear, then it controls us. Because we, it's almost like we don't know it's there. So it's like you've exposed it now by asking this question and it can no longer control you. It's like, oh yeah, like that actually really isn't that big of a deal. And I can do something about that. So that's the point of this. All right. Number four is don't take any action at all. Like do nothing. And so what I mean by this is like, go do something enjoyable. Like if you're really trying to create the life that you want and you are not feeling inspired and you are having maybe not such a great day. It's like, maybe it is time for you to just like take a walk and like do something really restorative. And that might sound like silly, but I think that this is a huge mistake that people make is that they actually double down when they're not feeling great. And like, they feel like things aren't going their way. And that is a really great way to create burnout because burnout often is not because you're doing you know, you're doing too much, but I often think that it's because you're not doing enough of the things that are enjoyable to you that actually make you feel alive. And often during those times is when you get these messages that I'm talking about from higher self, or like you just feel restored. And when you come back to doing your craft or your work or whatever it is, like you are actually more efficient in terms of what you get done. Like you're more productive Um, and trusting that I think is really difficult, but once you actually start to experience that, so even if it's like, you know what, I can't really, it might be really hard for me to be like, you know what, I'm going to take the whole day off today, which, Hey, I do. I've done that before, you know, and I do that. Um, but you might start with something like, you know what, I'm just going to 
take the afternoon off or maybe I'm going to block out an hour and I'm just going to go, you know, read this book that I really love or call a friend, whatever is the thing that like literally makes you feel alive. And I put do nothing on here because don't take any action because like, don't take any of the action that you normally take. That's kind of what I mean is like, what is your version of doing nothing? You know, for me, it is like not having anything on my schedule that I have to go to (laughs) and like being able to wake up and just like piddle around the house, like take Lily on a walk or um, make a breakfast and then just like be like, and then I usually end up like organizing things in the house, right? Like redecorating and, and cleaning and organizing. And that like, that just makes me feel good. I just love it. Um, that might not be your thing, which is totally fine, but just identifying what is your thing. Okay. So I'm going to recap, recap these. Okay. So look short-term play a small slash winnable game. Ask what's the worst that can happen. Expose that fear so that you know, like what it is. And you can see that it's really not that big of a deal. And then go do something enjoyable or do nothing at all. Um, I love, I just remembered this quote from uh, Eat, Pray, Love, and it's Dolce Far Niente, which is like the sweetness of doing nothing. And that's what we're talking about in this last one is like, what are those things that you do that would be considered nothing, but like, it's just so sweet, right? It's so sweet for you. So here's to Dolce Far Niente. You guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you took some value from today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the inspiration on Instagram by following along at Wellwolf or visiting the website at wellwolf.com. I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. In the meantime, be well, be wild.